HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Karen Carbon Partners, a food business consultancy that helps clients explore the interconnections among agriculture, food, policy, and people. For more information, visit kknp.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. If you want to become a food video star and make award-winning content online, this episode of Tech Bytes is for you. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. Today is Monday, January 25th, if you're listening in the future, the Monday after the giant Snowzilla snowstorm of 2016. We have dug out from 28 inches of snow and we're back in Roberta's in the shipping container, getting ready for the weekly installment of Tech Bites, the show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And before we get started, because we're doing some real-time announcements, the techno theme song of Tech Bytes is created by a local DJ named Uptown Nico. And Uptown Nico is also an amateur Muay Thai fighter. And we're going to give a big shout-out to Nico, who won his first Muay Thai fight on Friday night at the Friday Night Fights promotion. So, great job. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Very exciting. Very exciting. It takes a lot of uh, strength and courage and humility to train and then get into the ring and fight. So he's, a, he's officially a badass. So today in studio, we are very happy to have the lovely Ali Rosen, who is the founder and host of Potluck Video, which is one of really the top online food video sources right now. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming out in the snow. Anytime. And that that voice in the back in Mission Control is Jack Inslee, our engineer, the executive producer of Heritage Radio Network. His own DJ stylings, Jack Inslee, full service radio on Thursday nights at 7.30 and Gunwash also on Thursday at 9. You got it. On point. What's up, Jen? I'm on point. That's what's up. You're never not on point. (laughs) True, true. Tell a friend. Yeah, it's the truth. 
So we start off every episode of Tech Bites like a good meal with an appetizer, and we go around the room and we all talk about apps that we like this week, sometimes new discoveries, sometimes old favorites. Jack, you got an app that you like this week? Yeah, you know, I feel obligated to follow up on Peach because I brought it up. Uh, I have not opened it since that last episode of Tech Bites. <laughs> so that was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. I'm, I'm looking at the app now. I don't really see too much happening. Just goes to show how hard it is to launch these new platforms. You know, it looked beautiful. It had a great backing team. They made Vine. They know what they're doing. A lot of people joined. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to put a new one in, in the lexicon. Well, it's hard also. That means your friends haven't adapted it. And if your friends were on it and you had people to follow, then it might they be more did, fun. They did, though. You know, like there was a flurry of activity and I followed a whole bunch of people and they posted a few things right off the bat. But I'm looking now and it's like no one's done anything in a week. Every last update was a week ago. Including you. Yeah, including, <laughs> including me, clearly. Yeah. So, womp womp. All right. The other app is called, did, did I talk about 30 days on the show? No. No. Okay. So the 30 days app is uh, it's a workout app. Um, workout app. I'm dipping my toe into the pool of physical activity, which is long overdue. So basically you kind of pick a, a workout. Um, I'm starting with mountain climbers and uh, you do one trial exercise, see how many you can do before getting tired. And then it sets your 30 day agenda based on that starting point. So it kind of increases every week it gives you a day off every few days i mean this is like light stuff that i'm starting with but um but it is a nice app and and a good like system and reminder to keep yourself with a program you know how many days have you done so far okay well that's that's you know i (laughs) today i did five days and then i went on a very hedonistic trip to new orleans which interrupted so we're, we're gonna start again so you're gonna hit reset and you're gonna start 30 days now yeah you got it well, I support your 30-day quest for, you. for fitness. And it is important, you know, to start off slow because a lot of people make the mistake of being super gung-ho and doing a lot of crazy workouts that their bodies aren't ready for. And then they get tired and injured and hurt and then don't ever go back. So it's really important to sort of build up to it, work into it, you know, get used to it. So... We're gonna check. We're gonna check in with you on this later. I hope uh, by the end of this season, I'm like, you know, crushing it. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can have Nico come in and give you some pointers. That's true. We can do some exercises on air. <laughs> we are. So, Ali, do you have an app that you like right now? I'm a little bit obsessed at the moment with Maple, the food delivery app. Oh, okay, and that's a good one, especially for winter time. For winter, it's it's pretty unbelievable because Maple doesn't have a storefront. It's just cooking for delivery. So they only have four or five options a day. So, you know, you open it and the app, I mean, really the best thing is that the app is beautiful. It's so easy to use. It's a beautiful photo. You scroll down. It has every ingredient that's in whatever you're eating. And then it comes, you know, in great boxes so that it doesn't get cold. It's just a really well done. It's limited choices, but on some level that's good because everything is good. So... I'm using that a lot lately. Do you order a lot of delivery? I do order a lot of delivery. So much of my life is food all day that I don't really want to come home and cook. So, yeah. Seamless and Maple are my best friends and Caviar. <laughs> into, I mean, that's another great app. So, yeah, I like all the food delivery apps. Okay. Well, we did a great episode on Seamless and delivery services you might want to check out. Yeah. Well, I'm into all of them, so <laughs> I'll try anything. 
So my app this week is an app called Food Stand. And I was prompted to think about Food Stand because I am going to a Food Stand event later tonight. Food Stand is an app which is... It sort of looks a little bit like Instagram in that you go through and you follow people and people create a profile and they post photos of food. It's primarily food that they've cooked. And so you get the photo, but then also you can expand the post to see the recipe. You can find people geographically that are in your neighborhood. You can search for things. Um, you can find recommendations. So Foodstand is really trying to build on a virtual digital online community around good food, cooking, sharing the information, and connecting with people. They also do something very interesting in, in real life, and they have these monthly events called Food Stand Spotlight at their offices in New York City. And the spotlight events are when new startup food startups, food tech startups come together. They'll have maybe four, five, six different new companies do a stand-up pitch um, for investors, for uh, consultants, for uh, guidance, for resources, for a lot of different kinds of things. And they usually have a panel of people to ask questions and sort of help them focus their ideas. This one is being done with Slow Money, which is doing some really interesting financing in the startup space. So Food Stand virtually, the app, to connect with people who are cooking and making beautiful food. And then Food Stand Spotlight, if you're in New York City and you're into that food tech startup world, uh, might be something that you want to check out. So I would head over to their website, thefoodstand.com, where you can link into both the Apple and Android app and then also to their events page, where I think they still have tickets available for tonight. And that's where I'll be. In case anybody's going to be there, say hi. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, one of the great things about being in New York City is you have access to so many events and things in real life to go and and see and talk and learn and do. Yeah, if you're a fan, you can go to something for almost anything you're a fan of. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ali Rosen, Potluck Video, started in 2013, and over that course of time, she has managed to be Forbes 30 Under 30, be nominated for an Emmy and an IACP award. She's created a lot of really interesting original content ranging from how to use a knife and cut to interviews with chefs like Massimo and, you know, really runs the gamut of food and chef and culinary content. I think one of the really interesting things about the point she's at right now in the life cycle of potluck video is that she started in TV and then went online to produce her own videos and now has gotten so successful in building an online following and creating great content, she's now on TV again. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a cycle. It's all just a big cycle. So there's so many things that you know I, I'd love to, to get down and talk about, starting with, um, I think there are a lot of people out there who are passionate about food and cooking and passionate about teaching people and creating... Um, an online presence for themselves. How did you start Potluck Video? So I started Potluck Video um, after, yeah, my background was in television. I worked for, I worked in news originally. Um, I worked for NBC and 
New York One, and I always wanted to do food, and I got an opportunity to do food content online for a website called The Daily Meal. Um, They didn't have video at the time, and they wanted someone to kind of start up their video network. And so I was able to kind of switch to food, which was something I'd always wanted to do. I think I got hired just sheer luck, really, because I wasn't, I didn't have the credentials as a food person, but... I, you, you know, had the video side. Though. I had the video you had the side. the video and the production side. Right. And I think, you know, they wanted someone who could shoot and edit for themselves. And so I think I got lucky in that at that time, there weren't a lot of people who could do all of that. And because of my work at NBC in New York One, I was able to sort of turn around video content quickly. So I got lucky. So, I mean, the first step, of course, is always learn how to make videos. But I think now that's gotten so much easier. Um, and the reason that I went off on my own is just as I think a lot of people are seeing now, there's if there's content that you love creating, the barrier for entry is pretty low. You know, you have to, I mean, I would say you have to buy some equipment. Um, you know, some people think like, hey, I'll just shoot this on my iPhone. I'm not sure that that will create a high quality product if that's what you're looking to do. But, you know, you can put anything online. And of course, from there, you want to find partners, um, in order to expand your audience. But for anyone who's excited about creating their own food content, it, it's something that you have your own passion to do and you can start doing it and no one can stop you. You don't need somebody to give you a platform in order to have a platform these days, which is pretty cool. You want people to watch it because otherwise you know, you're wasting your time. But you know, there's no reason that anyone can't get started and create content for themselves. Creating the content almost seems the easy part from one sense if you're passionate and you know as you said the 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 barrier to entry is very low right now because there are so many platforms online equipment is very accessible and reasonably priced so you love something you make videos you put them up there the piece that i think is less evident is how you find those partners and find that audience because it's audience that is the key to then translating your passion into something that's profitable right i mean and profitable is i think the key word for a lot of people because of course you know the lower that the barrier to entry is the the bad side of that is that now there are so many platforms that don't pay anything um so being able to have content creation as your full-time job is becoming more and more and more difficult Um, And that's not just true in video. That's true for writers, especially. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of it is about the hustle. (laughs) A lot of it is about finding partners that do pay you, about um, demanding to be paid on things. You know, sometimes, I mean, you know, we certainly have partnerships where, it's, you know, we'll embed a video, I make money off of the ad in front of the video, so therefore that partner doesn't pay for that content. But you always have to find a way to, you know, have your content be valued. Um, and a lot of that is working, you know, and it's contacts. So, I mean, it's not like, oh, I woke up one day and I was like, oh, I'm going to start something and that'll be great. You know, it's I, I had met a lot of people and had deep relationships, especially in the food industry, because the content that I do is, um, you know, it's not me at home cooking. It's with chefs and with authors, with bartenders. So a lot of that, 
you know, you can't just email someone and say, hey, I really want to, you know, show, I want to come here to Roberta's and I want to see how you make pizza. If if no one understands your reputation, they don't know what kind of content you create, if it's not beautiful content, then that's, you know, so a lot of that is just getting started and building up to it. And then a lot of it with partnerships is just sitting in as many meetings, talking to as many people as you possibly can, because for every partnership that I have, I've sat through 30 other meetings that went nowhere. So a lot of it for me was just, I really wanted to do something myself. And I just kept asking people, Hey, if I, you know, have you guys thought about doing video content? Do you have any partners? Would you like any partners? Um, and you'll be kind of surprised (laughs) at how, um, how many places want, want video content. So I guess the first thing to do is just start reaching out and asking everyone you can possibly ask. So if you are going to start to reach out to people and have those conversations with potential partners, and how would you define a partner as a business entity that is going to come on board and you're going to have some sort of financial transaction with them? They're going to either pay you for the content or they're going to pay to put an ad in front of your content or they're going to put you on their platform or give you users or give you an ad or some sort of commercial financial transaction. Yeah. I mean, the great thing about being small is that, um, you can do whatever you want. I mean, we've had partnerships with a variety of publications, sponsors where every setup is different because of course for us, it's kind of like, well, what do you want? Because we're so little, you know, it's myself. I have a few videographers who work with me and then, um, I have, you know, someone who does the business development, um, Aaron Frankel, who, you know, she's really the one when we have sponsored content, um, she's the one organizing that. And so, you know, a lot of it is sort of saying, okay, well, what works for you? So we've had partnerships, um, you know, where it's just embed the video, which ensures that our ad plays. Um, we've had other partnerships where, you know, we used to do stuff for people.com kind of before they took their video all in-house where, you know, they paid per video in order to, they would own it. You know, they would take the content that we were doing and they would, you know, pay per video or, um, you know, we have other partners that are, um, platforms, you know, like iFood TV or Roku and they, you know, pay per impression. I mean, it's, you know, the world is still figuring all of these things out. So everybody kind of has their own way of doing things. Um, and a lot of people don't want to pay money for it. And, you know, that's, I'm sure with almost anything tech related that, that you talk about on this show, I mean, that's really kind of the murky world that we're living in is how do you make a living off of anything in the digital world? You know, the amazing opportunity of the digital world and everything that's online and all the apps and the smartphones is the, the point of entry, you know, as yeah. you said at the beginning of the show, the bar for entry is really low because the Internet is the great democratization of opinion and content and accessibility. So anybody can throw up a shingle and do anything that yeah. they want. Video, photo, writing, music, anything. And because it's so accessible and there's so much of it, what value does it have? Right. And the other thing that's interesting is when people are online, 
their behavior pattern changes slightly in that for some reason when people are online they want stuff for free oh yeah you know if you're standing at a newsstand you would have no problem plunking down a couple of bucks for a magazine or a newspaper and take that with you but if you went to the same publication website online People want that information for free. And it's very interesting to me, the, the change in behavior. So once we get online, people kind of want a lot of the content for free. And then advertising and production and, you know, how media entities make money is, is really sort of the murky question. Yeah, and I think the problem is, you know, especially with video, it's like, okay, if you want a video for um, how to roast chicken, okay, I, I mean, you might like potluck video but if you go to potluck video to watch a video on how to roast a chicken and we say hey you know pay us a dollar to watch this video you're gonna say well that's great potluck video but i can go on youtube and search for how to roast a chicken and something will be there for that um now obviously that's why i think um sponsored content is the way that a lot of people are going in video production um you know, we do sponsored content. We obviously tell our users and we don't do any content that doesn't have editorial value. Um, but, you know, for example, some of our most popular videos are sponsored videos. You know, we did a video once um, on Mustard and, I, you know, I won't name the brand because that's not part of their sponsorship. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, we did it and it was sort of how to add mustard to everyday um, recipes, so how to add it into you know dips for crudite, how to add it into mashed potatoes, and you know it was a great video, and it just happened instead of just saying this is what you do with mustard, we just said this is what you do, and hey, it's from this brand of mustard, and we're going to have a tight shot on that brand of mustard, and I don't really think the viewers of that video care because they're getting still interesting content, so it's really finding that line of like okay, how do we pay for ourselves so that we can bring you this really cool content without disrupting you and also without um, putting anything on there that we don't like. I mean, we've definitely had sponsors come to us for things where I'm just like, I don't think this is good. It doesn't fit with our brand and we just don't do it, Um, which I guess is a luxury. But if if you do one sponsored video that doesn't resonate, then people are going to start to think you're a fake. So yeah, it's a really fine line right now with how people monetize because people don't want to pay upfront for content. So you have to find ways to make money, you know, outside of the traditional bounds that things have always been. Back in the old days, they called it product placement. Right. And they did it in movies and on TV shows. And that's why you have the close up of, you know, somebody's sneakers or watch. I mean, 007, all of those products that are in there are product placements. The car, the watch, the cigarettes, the cigarettes, (laughs) the shoes, the liquor. Yeah. Funnily enough, we for um, for the TV show on NYC Life, we can have sponsors, but we can't have liquor or cigarettes because it's the city's station and we cannot promote booze or cigarettes to children. So, yeah, we don't get those product placements. Sad. (laughs) <laughs> well, and for you, I, I could see how potentially liquor would be profitable because you are in the culinary arena, and yeah. you know I'm, sh- you know, covering cocktails and yeah, bars we can do it online. Cooking, yeah. You know, we just can't do it on the show, yeah. the TV show. But yeah, we can. We'll take any sponsor online. <laughs> well, speaking of sponsors, <laughs> this is the perfect moment for our halfway break point to find out who our sponsors are, and our sponsors are very important because Heritage Radio. 
Network is a .org, which means we are entirely supported by our members and sponsors, who we love. We love sponsors. And quickly, this music break, we're listening to a good friend and full-service resident, Nyer. The name of the song is Glass City. We'll be right back. Karen Carbon Partners is a food business consultancy that helps clients explore the interconnections among agriculture, food, policy, and people. They help coordinate executives, school and government officials, distributors, and farmers think clearly about how food is produced, processed, and distributed, encouraging them to overcome challenges and pursue innovation. Their Good Food is Good Business division supports the healthy development, execution, and operations of food businesses and initiatives in the public and private sectors through strategic sourcing, feasibility analysis, market research, business planning, project management, and evaluation. Their Good People are Good Business division builds leadership and organizational effectiveness through talent and performance management, organizational assessment, executive coaching, recruiting, and employee engagement services. For more than 20 years, Karen Carpen Partners has been integral to the development and execution of food businesses, policies, and partnerships in the U.S. and the U.K. Visit them on the web at kknp.com. Well, if you've just tuned in and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes on the Heritage Radio Network, the weekly show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today that technology is online video content and how the internet has really created a wide opportunity for just about anybody to go online and create videos around food and recipes and cooking and chefs. But the tricky part is... How do you turn that into a profitable living? We're with Allie Rosen, who is the founder and host of Potluck Video. She's been doing that since 2013, and she's been nominated for an Emmy and an IACP Award and Forbes 30 Under 30 and all kinds of great stuff. And the interesting thing about her point in her business now is now she's producing content for TV. So (laughs) you went from online to TV, Do you feel like being on TV is moving forward or moving backwards? It's just a different beast. I mean, we the same content goes in the show as goes online. It's just in a different format. So each episode of the show, our show is on NYC Life, um, which is the city of New York's station, um, Thursdays at nine. And each show is five segments, so it's the same, you know, the little segments from online sort of turn into a half an hour show. Um, but it, it's cool because it's a different audience and it's a different type of viewership. So, you know, it's a step forward, it's a step back, it's a step in some direction. It, it's mostly for me about finding partners that I like working with. So NYC Life is a really cool partner because their entire mission is about educating the public about great things happening in the city of New York. So everything that I get to do is supposed to be informational 
and informative for viewers. So it's much less about the type of stuff you see online, which, you know, the most popular videos online are always often, you know, 20 hottest barbecue flavored wings you can make you know it's always like the craziest things the hottest hot sauce the the listicles yeah and um you know because nyc life is such a big supporter of our show we don't really have to do that um because that's not their goal in the same way that online you know it's they need they need clicks they need people to click on headlines and someone sitting down to watch a half an hour show is very different to someone perusing the internet so um so for me it's really about the reason that i left working a traditional job was that i wanted to be able to create the type of content that i wanted um so i think in some ways as long as you have the partners that see the world the same way that you do it doesn't really matter where they are so tv is great um it legitimizes you you know people certainly respond to television they respond to name brands you know, I, I get a lot of people saying, oh, we'd love for you to do a video as long as it's posted on Huffington Post or as long as it's posted on Edible or, you know, when we used to do stuff for people, as long as it's on people. And, you know, there's something that um, name brands just do for you. And television is the ultimate name brand. So it's great. But online means it can be whatever length of time. It can be however you want it to be. So there's pros and cons to both. Do you think... We're in a period of evolution right now between television and video. And I I ask that because when you watch the award shows, increasingly you have shows that are produced for Netflix, Amazon Prime, been following some of the headlines coming out of Sundance. And every time I read one of those listicles of the 10 hot properties coming out of the festival, Netflix has bought half of them, almost it seems. So... In terms of name brand power, where the viewers are, do you think we're in a period of evolution? Is online gaining for oh, broadcast sure. TV? Is it yeah. winning? Is it coming? Is it still got a long way to go? It, it definitely still has a ways to go, but I don't think it's as long of a way as a lot of people think. You know, I mean, the biggest YouTube sort of conglomerate of stations, if you will, Maker Studios was bought by Disney. So, I mean, I think most of the big studios, the big producers of content are starting to get wise to the fact that, um, you know, online content is legitimate content. Um, You know, there are people on YouTube who (laughs) now are on Dancing with the Stars. So, I mean, the line has really blurred. um, And I think that that's great because obviously you can get content from anywhere and you don't have to be a cable subscriber to get great content um you know on the other hand as we were saying before great content requires money so it's really great that streaming services like netflix are willing to put their money where their mouth is i mean my favorite food you know tv or whatever you want to call it of the last year was chef's table i mean which was this beautiful documentary (laughs) Um, produced and paid for by Netflix that, you know, I don't think would have gotten the same kind of funding um, had it been really on anything else. So I think it's pretty great that there's now the more competition, the better. You know, on the other hand, there's only so many eyeballs in the world. So as we spread ourselves thinner and thinner, you know, how much of this quality content can we create? On the other hand, 
if it's online, anybody in the world can watch it. So, you know, when we look at the demographics of potluck video, it, it doesn't, people all over the world are watching the content. So it doesn't matter where it comes from. I mean, it matters to sponsors and people like that, but you know, there's, a, there's so many p- p- potential people to watch content now. The worldwide possibilities of the internet is always very exciting. I know I saw a statistic recently that we have listeners from 200 countries of Heritage Radio. And that to me is really exciting. I really wonder what those countries are and what people are listening to. But it's kind of cool, I think, when you think about things in in terms of the the possible reach of so many people. And it it does make the world a smaller place in many ways. Anywhere you are in the world, they can listen to us sitting here in Bushwick, you know, it's it's the possibilities are endless. So when you were starting out, and even today, when you're having conversations with partners and people, and you're thinking about the business side of your business, how do you navigate that kind of chicken and egg scenario? Because there is a very low value right now placed on content on the internet. And there's a lot of enticement to say, do it for you know, write something for $25 or we'll give you $50 a video, but you'll get access to the platform and the viewers. Do you start off doing content or giving away content for free or inexpensively to grow your base? Do you hold a hard line and say, our content is valuable and we're not going to give it away for free? Do yeah. you, I yeah. mean, it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario it, it to me. It really is a chicken and egg scenario because you can go down certain paths and, um, really screw yourself but I my rule of thumb is always just how exciting is it to me and how worth it is it obviously some people pay us more for content than other people um, which I'm sure they all know um, no one pays us a lot for content as I was saying to you I mean it, the overhead is low so it's not like I have to pay you know I work from home I edit from home and we shoot everything on location so I don't have to rent a studio space I don't you know, I'm just paying for me to live. And um, so, it, you know, and I pay freelancers and, you know, but it's it's just the cost of doing business is so much lower. So when you think about a sponsor, if we get one or two great sponsors a month for something that's a very low cost to them compared to if they're, you know, paying traditional advertising rates, then we're fine, you know, then we're totally fine to run for that month. I mean, so we don't really need that much. Um, I think that when you're competing with traditional advertising rates, um, you know, people sometimes look at it and say, oh, well, that's easy, you know. So um, so we make more money on sponsorship than anything else. I mean, the content partners, um, I, I try not to do anything totally for free, just out of, like, respect for myself. Um, you know, but on the other hand, we have a lot of, um, you know, partners who embed our content and then we make an ad. So we make money off of the ads that run in the embedded content. So that is really, um, you know, they're not paying us in that traditional sense. And I don't have a problem with that. I I think honestly, it's, you know, in this world, it's so exciting to be able to work for yourself that whatever scenarios work for you, like I just have no judgment on anyone doing whatever they need to do to make it work. And I have no judgment on anybody saying no. You know, I had an email from a pretty big publication the other day saying that they were starting a Facebook platform for videos and they wanted to use our footage 
you know, not even the videos, but the footage. And then they would link back to us. And I was like, you know, no, I mean, like, like absolutely not. But have you thought about starting a, you know, B-roll stock division with all of your outtakes that you can just sell? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, you know, it's there's so you you could do so many things. I mean, if I really want to like if I was in it for the money, I could just do video production, you know, like there's so many there's so many more profitable things I could do with my life. Um, yeah, you have to just love what you're doing and go for it because, yeah, do, creating content is never going to be a great moneymaker. I mean, let's just like all start with that and agree with that. Like if you want to make a lot of money in life, do not become it. I mean, obviously some people make money, but it's... It, and, yeah, it, some people also win the billion-dollar powerball lotto right (laughs) right if i i know people kept saying what would you do if you won the powerball i said oh like i'd I'd build a studio and i would just you know hire some people to help me with my gear and like you wouldn't retire i'm like no because i love i love my job so that's you know yeah i would hire some people to make it a little easier but no i mean i for me it's just about okay how do we make this work and then yeah the money part of it you hope kind of works out so what do you have planned for 2016 and beyond? What are what are the what types of content are you looking to produce this year, next year? Where do you think the tech advancements are going? Is yeah, it's you know, it's so interesting because um, you know, I always think of myself as a young person, but um I'm, you know, when it comes to technology, uh no one is ever young enough. I mean, I I definitely am I like where we are. You know, we're starting a new season in the first week of March of the TV show, um, which is exciting. It'll be our sixth season. We do two seasons a year for them. Which and is that's your show on? On NYC Life. NYC Life. Yeah. That's on Thursdays at 9 p.m., yeah? Thursdays at 9 p.m. on Channel 25. Or you can find them online at nyc.gov slash media. Um, so that's exciting. So we're starting that again. And, you know, I... I'm mostly just excited to tell stories. I mean, I, I, I'm not really looking, I, I sort of say we're in this like glorious plateau where we don't, we have a lot of partners that are great and we're not really, I'm not thinking about like, what is the next technology that I have to be involved in? Like, I, I'm not super interested in making like 12 second videos for Instagram or what about Snapchat? Snapchat. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's not, it's really hard to tell a story in 15 seconds and that's never been my jam and I know some people who are really amazing at it and tell some beautiful stuff I mean like I, every time Food 52 does an Instagram video I watch it like a hundred times because it's always so beautiful um, so there's some people doing really great stuff with technology and video and I think it's going to continue you know Periscope is a really cool platform um, you know I have some friends who run um, a Periscope show called the boozy babes they're awesome and they you know are doing these live periscope things and i'm always really intrigued by those new technologies but um i think you have to know yourself and know what your stories are and know what you're doing because if you just jump at everything then you're not really true to yourself and pollock video is about um giving the space to tell let let a story breathe so you know i i was talking to one of my freelancers yesterday about a video that we shot at the um the bread lab here in brooklyn and she sent it to me she's like oh she's like you know it's nine minutes long i don't know you know is it 
uh, and you know the the chef there Adam Leonti who's like so amazingly talented you know I watched the thing and I emailed her back I was like okay let it be nine minutes long like he's so cool and bread is so interesting and every you can't cut down the steps of it like let the video be nine minutes long and it's just gonna be that way and so. there's space for nine minute video on the internet right there's and, space for everything right and right you can have a nine minute video and maybe some people won't watch it but then great then they can go to snapchat and instagram and you know so yeah i don't know i'm i'm not i, I love technology and i love gadgets and i'm apps i mean I, i'm i'm in i'm so into technology but i'm also not into jumping at things just because i think there's a potential space for it to be popular for us you know that some 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 areas don't work for what you are and you have to kind of know who you are and so yeah so we like the internet and our our little space on tv for the moment would you be interested in having a show on a food network or a cooking or even regular network tv is that appealing not appealing yeah it's so funny because people always say to me like oh is your goal in five years like to have a show on the cooking channel like as though like that's like the great um you know like that's like the top of the mountain and i always find it really funny because um you know, those brands are great and they've done a lot to, for teaching people how to cook. And um, But they're also very restrictive. You know, it's they you get under contract with a network and you can only do so much. You're, if you write a book, it has to come out through them. If you, it's, it's kind of one of those be careful what you wish for scenarios because right now I have a lot of freedom and I have a TV partner that gives me so much freedom so I don't know my goal in five years is like I hope MIC Life just keeps renewing us <laughs> I, I love them they are really supportive of us so I don't know it's you know no I don't I, I don't think those are my goals I certainly you know any opportunity uh, that would increase our budget and make life easier like I'm, I'm all for it but you know I'm also um, we have a lot of freedom as I'm sure you feel here at Heritage, you know, where, you know, freedom in this world. Jack is nodding his head vigorously (laughs) in the control booth. Yeah, Jack's To the freedom. Freedom! We all want to be free. Freedom. Freedom and pizza. Yeah. Broadcasting for all. Freedom and pizza is really what life is about. We need bumper stickers, Jack. Yeah. Working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anybody anybody who can carve out a career for themselves where they have freedom and pizza, I think... um, you should not take it for granted and wish for other things because, you know, we, yeah, getting to do the kind of content you want to do is special. So we are just about out of time. And typically at the end of my shows, I like to ask my guests for a piece of advice for our listeners that they can maybe use in their own day-to-day life. But I feel like this almost entire episode was a really big piece of really great advice in terms of, creating content and crafting a business for yourself around that content. Do you have any sort of last thoughts or an idea for people if someone is writing, making videos, doing those kinds of things for different entities here and there and really wants to pull it together to create a brand name platform like you've done with Potluck Video? How do they do that? You just have to be yourself and you have to hope that yourself is interesting enough to work. You know, I've I've had a lot of people who say to me, oh, you know, your website is not like there's not even an about you on the website and this and that. And I said, well, you know, it's it's, that's my personality. Like, it's not about me. I like showcasing people. That's who I am. I have friends who have shows that are all about their personality. And 
you know, if that's who you are, then be you. If it's not who you are, find the way to do it yourself. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's like so trite and ridiculous to even say, but I mean, if you want to create content, whether you're a writer, whether you're doing video, whether you're Snapchatting or podcasting, is that you have to be true to yourself and find the partners that will let you do that. Because if you venture out of that comfort zone, you can never go back. The internet lives forever. So don't. It ever, really does. People yeah. don't forget that. Like, don't do Just things. because you don't visit the site doesn't mean your profile and your photos still aren't there. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think the best piece of advice is figure out what you like and do that. Don't try to follow. You know, don't try to say like, oh, Snapchat is huge right now. So I've got to do that. You know, it's it, it won't ever work. Do you think it's important to have a business advisor, attorney, agent, business developer, person? Yeah, except all those people cost money. <laughs> so, you know, like legal Zoom is really helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, that's another, that's another piece of advice. Know what things you have to pay for, because I know a lot of people who've invested a lot of money in, you know, throwing a big launch party or, you know, having getting an agent or, you know, figure out what you can do for yourself, you know, design your logo yourself or find a friend, you know, like you don't have to spend money to make something great. Um, so, yeah, don't don't waste money. Money's what precious. What do you spend your money on? Food. <laughs> no, I didn't mean you. I meant for the Going business. What should someone eat. spend their money on for the business? <laughs> Uh, equipment. If you're doing video, you need good equipment. Don't slack on equipment and less so on the camera than on lights and microphones. Um, because I see a lot of videos that are, you know, poor lighting and, you know, horrible audio. And you just think like, well, I don't want to sit here and listen to crackling audio. So, you know, why would anyone else? So I think, yeah, if you're going to spend money on something, have good equipment, get a two camera setup, always have lighting, you know, don't, don't skimp on that. Don't skimp on the quality of the product. Right. It sounds like. Yeah. And eat good food. And eat good food. Because right. then you'll be happy. <laughs> right. And the product will be better. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to thank Allie Rosen from Potluck Video for coming out to Roberta's to talk to us about her platform of amazing culinary video content and how she did that. Um, it's always so interesting to hear how people put things together and manage to create a space for themselves in a sea of content that's out there. There's so much of it. It's really, yeah. it's really wonderful to see things rise to the top and how people do that. I want to thank Uptown Nico for our amazing theme song and congratulate him again on his first win on his first fight. And I want to thank Jack and Aaron and Allison and Liz and all of our staff at HeritageRadioNetwork.org for making it all possible and keeping it on the air. I'm Jennifer Leutzi. This is Tech Bytes. Come back and see us on Monday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.